Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number 72. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. We're a couple in Austin, Texas, getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's movie and pop culture blind spots and sharing our musty movies and guilty pleasures from the past. Not the future. We haven't seen mm. those yet. No. Each episode, one of us gets to choose something. Usually it's something the other person hasn't ever seen before. Nevertheless, one of us is in the driver's seat. The other person gets strapped in. We go there together. We travel. We watch. We view. And then we unpack it all here for you. We always wear our safety belts. We <laughs> Yes, we always wear, as you should, when you watch movies by Truffaut. It's my turn yes, this time. That's right. You picked... And, and film school Dave... Uh, it's with us again this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. You signed up for this. I know. Hey, I, we have the paperwork to prove it. Did it mention French New Wave movies in the paperwork? Well, you know, I want to say, like, I pretty much, until about five years, five or six years ago, I had not seen much French New Wave at all, and... On your recommendation, actually, was back when we were just friend Dave and friend Ashley. Um, I I don't remember how, but like I watched Jules at Gym. Yes. You know that was the first Truffaut that I ever saw, and then I watched. I always get this wrong. It's sh- they shoot piano players, don't they? No. no. Shoot them. You did that on purpose. <laughs> Shoot the piano player. Shoot the piano player, which I but I always get it confused with the play of they they shoot horses, don't they? Which is which they also made a movie. Yes, of. well I haven't seen either, so so it's about time we mentioned the I've name seen of the that movie. movie that yes, we chose this time. What did you choose, Dave? I chose Stolen Kisses, nineteen sixty eight, directed by Francois Truffaut, and it's the third entry in the series of movies he made about the character Antoine Toinel always played by Jean-Pierre Léaud, um, starting from 1959, mm. one of the movies that ushered in, that, that was the French New Wave, that very first year, The 400 Blows, where he played, uh, where he was a 14-year-old uh, schoolboy in trouble with parents and the law and all that kind of stuff. And now we pick up with him a few years later, in his yeah. early 20s, just come out of, uh, been dishonorably discharged as we join yes. him, and we follow his misadventures yes. in love and workplaces yes. of various kinds <laughs> in 1968, yeah. Paris. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we established why I haven't seen this. <laughs> when did you see it for the first time? I, I, I don't think I, I saw this for the first time in the mid-2000s. Okay. So yeah, when I got the DVD set, which I'm holding up. See, audience, can you see what I'm holding up to the microphone? Oh, yes. It's the Criterion box set, The Adventures of Antoine Doinel, that has all, all of the movies in them. And so I it had It looks like a seen, suitcase. Yeah, it looks like a little... Uh, maybe it's a school satchel or a, a suitcase. Yeah, it I guess looks it's like a, a suitcase. No, it's actually a suitcase. It's yeah. got the little handle on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had seen... I think I'd seen 400 Blows and the one that came after this, Bed and Board, where he's married. Mm-hmm. He's married to Christine. Yes. I, I went back to find out because um, it's been so long since I've seen any of them. So um, I was in the mood for something light and romantic and French, and this was perfect. And yeah. I don't know why I never thought of it before because hmm. it was definitely my mood. I didn't yeah. want to go down the dark paths of dark film school, no. Dave. 
this time. Dark film school days. It's like the evil Captain Kirk and no. Evil Troy and evil Abed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been it's been 15 years or so yeah. since I've seen it. I think probably Fiona was like a toddler, and yeah. I remember watching these in Spokane. I think mm. something like that. Saving you from the dark, cold winters. <laughs> yeah. In Spokane. Yeah. <laughs> so I never heard of this one. I, I mean, like. I, I actually did not know that, that there were a series of, although I like that kind of storytelling, like over time telling different stories about the same character. Um, I wish I could remember. I meant to look it up. There's a, a short story writer who writes a lot about the same character over time. Oh, yeah. I, I like to I like to read those, but I can't remember. Female short story writer. This is not something 80s and 90s. I don't know. So <laughs> informative. So this is set in, like, my favorite time, which is... I, I just love mid-century France. It's it's so cool. There's all the... <laughs> so I lumped this in my head yeah. kind of with that Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Kind yeah, yeah. Of, even though that's maybe four or five years earlier. Well, I think when we're watching it, I said that the shoe store that he works in oh, yeah. temporarily, um, it looks like the same set as the shop from Umbrellas of Cherbourg just dressed differently. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe. Although yeah. I don't know if they shot in Cherbourg rather than in Paris. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But isn't that... Uh, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I like that kind of mix of like old and new and like, you know, Paris. Like, well, I mean, like all over the world, like during, you know, post-war, everything was like the economy was going up and there were all these new jobs and... You know, people had more money and they were building lots of new stuff after a lot of stuff was destroyed during the war, especially over in Europe. So I don't know. It's it's kind of like a fun, exciting time to to write about. So, so I just like to pay attention to what's going on in the background. And of course, these are these are oh, filmed yeah. in real Paris, you know, real so. Paris. So all they, they always shot these these 60s Paris movies just on yeah. the streets. Yeah. Right. I mean, some of the time it's just actual people walking by. At yeah. Least, at least in the early, like Godard movies and stuff like that, Breathless, you actually see people staring at the camera sometimes as they walk down the street past <laughs> the characters. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But this, you know, this one's in color and it just has like that wonderful travel log kind of thing going on yeah. in addition to the light tone and, and the comedy, light comedy. It's yeah. light all around, really. Yeah. I mean, but comfortable cozy yeah and silly and uh what was i gonna I say don't know, there's something a little tawdry about stuff i mean not in a dark like creepy no. kind of way but like there's a little bit of like well i mean like in when you film anything real life there's like some dark aspects to to everything you know <laughs> yeah i mean this is not an mgm musical no no i mean so you go into like the weird bars and hotels mm. and uh Stuff like that. Brothels. Brothels. Yes. Right? Right? Yes. There's, there's at least one or two scenes in the Well, brothel. I love that. So he he gets discharged from the army, and he run, doesn't walk. He, he, he runs. runs to a brothel. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, you're watching that going, where's he running to? And then he runs right into the corridor of yeah. a brothel and, like, grabs the first woman who's standing there. Yeah. So, and yeah. well, and he doesn't like her restrictions and rules, so he trades her out for another yeah, one. Yeah, he thinks she's a bummer, so yeah. he, tr he trades her out for someone else who's coming down and at the down the stairs as he's yeah. 
Um, it's interesting that this movie is so light, though, because I was looking up that this was filmed right before the May 1968 mass demonstrations and protests in, like, Paris, French society, like, coming to, like, the economy shutting yeah. down and the government <laughs> kind of shutting down and mass protests from students and um, union workers, like a general strike. I mean, it crippled the country. They were thinking that we might they might be on the verge of, like, full-blown civil war. Mm. You know, it was, like, six or seven weeks... And, um, I don't know, they say like 22% of the population was involved in the, like in oh, the protest. Wow. I mean, it was like, it, it was huge and it changed everything forever. But so I was trying to figure out how did this light little movie come out in 1968, but it was shot just before May yeah. in like February, March. And then, but it was released after that had happened. So then it would be screened and viewed and come into post May, 1968, yeah. Paris, because it opened, I think, in August. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I was just curious about the timing of that. Well, I know, I mean, just from reading the Wikipedia article, because it's the extent of the research that I did for this episode, but um, I, it's interesting. So the opening scene is just like, there's the song for which the mm-hmm. movie is named um, being played. Um, I forget what the name of the song is. Um, but it like zooms in on what I now know, although I didn't know at the time, was uh, the cinema... The Cinematheque the, the Francaise. Fr- yes. yes. Thank you. You can say it better than me. <laughs> Which and, and a closed sign, because yeah. apparently there was some sort of issue with the French government and the you know founder and head of the... Yeah, it was called the, the Langlois Affair. Yes. Henri Langlois was the head of the <laughs> Cinematheque and the, the government uh, fired him? Yeah. For... They made him step down or something. Yeah, and then um, Truffaut and Godard and all those guys were instrumental in, like, protesting all of that and actually getting him reinstated. Yeah, he was reinstated. But apparently, uh, like, again, my my uh, my background in French uh, cinema history is not great, but uh, apparently he was uh, sort of instrumental in sort of, you know auteur theory and sort of like establishing that as well as a, the reason one of the reasons like he's almost single-handedly probably responsible for like Truffaut's film mm-hmm. education and that whole generation of filmmakers came up with Langlois was programmed it would be like yeah. you know sort of like the New York um the Museum of Modern Art film screen so mm-hmm. this was like programmed continuously continuous um retrospective rep programming of the best cinema from around the world so they would just you i always read these stories about how all those guys they would just go in in the morning and like stay all day and watch yeah all the films and that's how they learned everything that they did and that's how they fell in love with american cinema and japanese cinema and like made all of this stuff their own and then and then they Truffaut was a film critic Godard yeah. was a film critic they wrote for Cahiers du Cinema and they were writing about all this stuff and then, then they started making their own movies but well, so it they, was a big deal when he got shut they, down they were like sort of instrumental in defining you know what a what a director's vision is and like recognizing that out of the sort of US um, you know film machine that existed and so they were able to identify certain directors like Kikor and and John Ford that mm-hmm. had that sort of eye you know that that they were communicating something beyond what uh, whatever genre they were directing or whatever um you know film they were directing they were communicating something more 
through it. So anyway, there was a sensibility, yes, of the, the of, you know of the author, and, and the author. then they were inspired by that. And so like now this whole thing about sort of the celebrity director came out of out of that, you know. So that's the reason we have you know you know Truffaut revered Hitchcock for yeah. instance, and like wrote that. Inter- the, the interviews mm-hmm. he did the inter- the famous interviews with Hitchcock. That's is it there? No, no. It's, okay, in the other room. She's point gesturing. <laughs> Where's the book version of this? Yeah, <laughs> mine's falling apart. I need to get a better one at some mm. point. But <laughs> I've read it a number of times. Um, yeah. Side note. Yes. I when I was in Paris in the early '90s after I went to UCSD film school. I was in Paris with my sister who came to visit me when I was living in London for a while. And um, I was checking the whatever they have, Time Out or whatever the Paris version of the movie listings were. And uh, I saw that there was a program at the Cinémathèque Française of um, my film professor Jean-Pierre Gorin's uh, films um, at uh, the Cinémathèque Française. So I grabbed my sister and we went up there and saw a screening of his movie, My Crazy Life, and uh, which he was, pro- I think, bringing to Paris for the first time. Mm. And uh, we caught up with him afterwards and had a little chat and everything. He was like, what are you doing here? Because you know, it's like, you know, I graduated from UCSD earlier that year, and then all of a sudden, one, some random student from your film classes is like standing in the, in the, in the lobby of the yeah. Cinematheque uh, wanting to come say hi after, after the movie. So anyway. That's my Cinematheque Francaise story. So, Antoine is is young and confused. <laughs> He's really kind of bumbling and inept. Yeah, yeah, he is. But he he can't. He doesn't really do anything well. I mean, no. so this is one of those like, what is it? Comedy of manners, or something. I don't yeah. know what it is. He's, but there, there's a there's kind of a genre of comedy movie, yeah, probably more like from the silent era or from the early, you know, where people have various odd well, jobs. Like, they're not it very kind of reminds at. me of uh, Peter Sellers from the Pink Panther, Peter Sellers in, in the a Pink way. Panther, but also anytime Chaplin gets a job, in the yeah, movie. now this is not that kind of like slapstick comedy, no. but you know, Chaplin's not a very good, say, night watchman in a store or something no. like that, right? No, so we, this is a uh, uh, Antoine trying to find uh, some work. Yeah. He takes the first job offered to him through his girlfriend Christine's parents. He's the night watchman. Is He's the night, the night, night, clerk, night clerk. The night at, clerk in a, in at a hotel. hotel. Yeah. yeah. Which you would think with like that. a, I think, well, I mean, like it sounded like he wasn't very good at being in the army because he would just like go AWOL all the time. Um, yeah. And then. His issue, he's an okay night clerk until he just lets a private eye take his client up to, he just lets him into a room where his wife is sleeping. Well, because he just, like, yeah. he falls for the first story that someone tells him about, yeah. I need to talk to, the, the woman in room 314 or yeah. whatever, <laughs> she's going to miss her train and she needs to come down, we're supposed to meet her right now, and then next thing you know, he's got the registry out, the guy's looking up. Yeah, the name and well, and out of that, so we had a whole discussion about like the weird laws in 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 France about like having an excuse to divorce your partner. So like the the PI takes the husband upstairs and like he's like you know throw something at her, cause a disturbance, so the police will come. So the police will come, and then we turn to each other and (laughs) and we're like, well, I think that's so. There's a legal record of the infidelity or the adultery, so that the the husband can get the divorce. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I assume. That's what my guess is. Because well, they needed the police report. It was such a weird interaction because, like, at first they're both like, we need to go see this woman. And so I was like, this is a bad idea. They should not let him up. But he lets him up. And then, like, he, the guy is, like, telling him to make a scene. And then he just leaves. <laughs> and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> Or did what well, first he he tells Antoine to call the police. That's yeah, yeah, and yeah. then and then he just leaves. Um, By the way, we also had a discussion about why the hell do they keep taking the elevator up and down yeah. when the stairs are right there and they're just well, going it's to the only third the floor. third floor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's well. That's why I remember it was. You the were third pleased floor. when Antoine yeah. took the stairs down and the yeah. and the detective the, took the, the elevator down. It was like, a pretty fast was, elevator yeah. though. Probably an unsafely quick elevator but so that's uh Antoine's <laughs> first job in the movie it doesn't last all of five minutes of screen time no and but what it does is sets up his next job that he has most of the rest of the movie where he gets to be a detective but he's well he's like um I don't think he's like uh, he's like support staff for the detectives he, he works like, for the agency yeah <laughs> I like how it's the agency that's listed with the big ad on the back of the yeah. yellow pages I don't think they think he's clever enough to run his own investigation. Well, he's in training. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he does the side work. They give him people to tail, and he's terrible at that. Yeah. Remember the first woman he's tracking? It's, like, super creepy, and she ends up, like, flagging <gasps> down a cop I didn't right know he was, that was for work. I just thought he was being creepy with women. No, that was... Oh, really? <laughs> yes. No, that was his first... Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> I think... It was after know. he got the detective job and he's like trailing her down the street. Yeah, he was super actually, awkward about it. Actually, but I'm not, now that you mentioned that, I'm not sure. I, it wasn't clear to me whether... Well, because I didn't I, think it was work. I, I just knew, thought he was creepy and awkward. I can't remember the sequence in the movie, but I knew he ended up being a detective. So I yeah. was assuming... Yeah, doesn't he get hired right away? It's after... Yeah, it's after he gets hired. But, but there's never any... There's nation. never any like discussion with the detective you know now i think maybe he's practicing i think yeah i think he was tailing just somebody by yeah. following an attractive woman down the street yeah. creepily which is interesting because <laughs> that comes back thematically with christine because throughout yeah. the movie his girlfriend christine is being stalked by some mysterious man yeah poor christine <laughs> so let's talk about uh the the you know we mentioned the the jobs a little bit. I'm sure we'll talk about the detective agency more, but the the love stories, the two romantic interests in, yeah. in the movie, what makes it kind of a French romantic comedy. So I guess he knows Christine. Well, you get the idea that he's been writing letters to Christine in the army, like a lot of letters. Like she said, like eighteen in one week or something. or something like that. Yeah. And and he was fr- he, she was like, "You stopped writing me," and he was like, "You never wrote me back." And she was like, "I couldn't keep track, couldn't keep up, couldn't with, keep up with it, with it." Yeah. So um, he likes Christine. I, I guess they they knew each other when they were a little younger. He knows her parents. Like her parents invite him over for dinner all the time. Um, whether Christine's there or not, they kind of like him. They think yeah, he's... they've kind of adopted him. Yeah, as a, like a... they help him get his first job yeah. with the with the. And you get the sense that their door is always open. Like yeah. like they they have kind of fatherly or parent like feelings about I, him. You know, if I mean like being being the pseudo parent of a of a teenager that I am, I don't think that I would be as welcoming to the jerky <laughs> they, they must have liked him on his own merits because he's not very nice to christine at all generally speaking <laughs> yeah it's true i think he's that well the, the major issue is he's so immature yeah he is he's really she's mature. like 
seems five or ten years older than him in terms mm-hmm. of maturity. Yeah. And he's still a kid, just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Trying to figure things out. <laughs> Trying to figure well, things out and score with the ladies. She's out a lot, too. So she's not staying home waiting for him to call no, or anything. I she's like, out with friends. I like and, Christine. I, yeah. I, I never, I mean, I know that Antoine objectively is not a great guy. I mean, yeah. he hasn't really figured his stuff out. He's kind of selfish. He's not consistent in his attentions. He yeah. is interested in, interested in pursuing other women at the same time. Yeah. But this is not breaking Christine's heart or anything. No. She's not sitting around by the phone. You get a sense that she has a dating life. And, and, and I think that the movie actually does a pretty good job of showing them... Tr- mainly her trying to figure out how they feel about each other like they're friends but is it more than that and it could be if he ever grows up and yeah but it's i don't feel like he's really actively hurting her i don't know not that invested in it no (laughs) this movie is sort of them feeling it out a little bit to see well i mean i think that you know that it just like eventually the time is right for them i guess or you know they're both in a place where they can move forward together well, by the I end of things, maybe. He also has to do his pursue the fantasy first, yeah. which is the older woman. Yes, the wife of the guy who We need to the back sh- up and yeah, say yeah. a little bit about how that comes about. So after failing on a couple of um, detective cases, he just kind of does a terrible job. They like I think they, this is like his last chance. Um, there's a guy who owns a shoe store... And he, like, people, he just gets the sense that people don't like him. Like, they don't say anything to him directly, but he just feels like they don't like him. Which, like, the guy from the detective agency is like... Whatever. Why why are we doing this? But they get the fee, so he sends Antoine to work at the shoe store to find out why his sales girls don't like him, you know. They probably don't like him because he's pedantic and creepy and shifty-eyed and, demanded, and just... And demanding. And yeah. not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's... I love that Detectives act. don't pro- provide uh, self-awareness. They only uh, provide evidence. <laughs> yeah. The actor has a great face and I, yeah. he's been in many movies. He's a kind of a famous French actor named Michel Lonsdale. He goes on to be in lots of American movies yeah. and stuff too. I think we saw him. He had a minor role in Remains of the Day, which we did for this show at some mm. point. But um, he's perfect as the as the. Well, why do they think when, nobody you know, likes it's me? Funny, like when we were watching that, I was like, I don't know if like Truffaut just had like really attractive actor friends, or if like everyone in France is very attractive because like even the people that are supposed to look like weird, like that, like the owner of the shoe store, like he's a very attractive. I think Christine's you know, dad is, is handsome. Yeah. They're all very attractive people in this film. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and his wife is, is beautiful and atta- attra- attacks the attention of, of Antoine. That's our, yeah. Our other love, love connection that the older woman, yes. Mrs. Tabar, she's, she's not that much. older. She's um, maybe six or seven years. Uh, we'd have to look it up. It's yeah. Um, she's a famous actress too, Delphine Serig. Yeah. And uh, I can't name her credits, <laughs> but I know the name and I recognized her. <laughs> Blonde, well, statuesque. Yeah, she's she's a very attractive woman. Um, he meets her when he's closing up the store one night. Yeah. Um, 
And she comes in to get another pair of shoes for going out that night. And that's one of my favorite scenes is after he's met with her, um, he goes to give his report to the secretary at the detective agency. It's a phone call. Yeah, it? yeah, he calls her and, um, and like, she, you know, she's asking for like her height and her weight and like, you know, basic identifying and details. And he's like, she's mysterious and has an inner radiance. Yeah. And, and they're like... <laughs> How tall is she? You're not supposed to fall in love with her. You're just supposed to. You're just supposed to report in. So, um, and he's awkward with this too, you know. But what I, but again, something I like about the way this relationship is treated is that she clearly sees him as a kid, but she's um, uh, she's charmed. She's. Flattered by his attention. Yeah. And she encourages it. Yeah. And in true, like, French sort of sophisticated way, she kind of engineers a... I mean, seduces him, Yeah, basically. she does, yeah. She invites him up and, um, you know, makes tea for him. And that's that's pretty funny, too, because he just, like, leaves all of a sudden. Well, he leaves because <laughs> he calls her sir by accident. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that why he left? I, I, I thought he was yeah. just, like... I thought he felt awkward by the tension in the room. So well, it was like, that. Like, yeah. it's full of tension. Yeah. The, they're having tea with and lunch with the husband, and he goes down to the street to check the car or something yeah. like that and leave them alone. So they're gonna they're sitting there with the tea set yeah. in the living room, and just they don't know what to say to each other, and they're just stirring the tea, and, and, and it's really tense and really long. Yeah. And then she gets up to put on a record or something like that, <laughs> and I don't know what she says. Do you like music? And he says, um, oui, monsieur. And then he, like, <laughs> and then he completely freaks out, and it, and it has, like, Hitchcock sort of thriller music, and he, like, r- like knocks over his tea and runs out, and it's, like, running down the stairs and in the apartment, and it's, like, a continuous he thing. He doesn't even just go back to work. He goes home. Well, he, he runs through the yeah. shoe store because they live above the yeah. shoe store, and then I think he yells that he's sick to the people, yeah. and then just disappears. Yeah. It's really <laughs> a very silly scene, but... But she comes and finds out what does does he write? He writes her a letter that says this is over, this can't happen, or something like that, which causes her now he now she knows his address, so she comes and sees him at his apartment. Yes, and again, sophisticated French way of yeah. doing these things. She, she sleeps with him, and yeah. then she says, "That's it, Let's and we're never going to see each, each other, other again." Yeah. And that was that, and yeah. they got what they wanted, and. And they move on, and that's all. And there's no future in this, yeah. and this doesn't mean anything more than that. And you know, it was delightful and wonderful, and um, goodbye and good luck, sort of thing. Well, the other funny bit that's happening is like, you know, in the meantime, the detective agency has several people paying attention to the affairs of the shoe store owner and his wife. So, in the meantime, one of his co workers at the detective agency has like seen her buy three ties so like they think she's having an affair and and then you know the same woman is following her and sees her go into Antoine's building and that you know so there's a whole scene where the detective agency finds out that um he slept with the client's wife oh that's right and so that's he, that's he gets, he gets fired he gets again fired. he gets fired many <laughs> times I think there's five four or five jobs in this movie yeah 
Um, <laughs> I was watching just before you got home, yeah. and we started recording recording this a little thing on the DVD that was um, an interview with Truffaut, and one of the things he said he was trying to do with the that relationship, the affair with the older woman, was he set it up so that like we know that Antoine is attracted to her and trying to score with her. And then she finds out that he's interested yeah. in her by eavesdropping and overhearing stuff, but he yeah. doesn't know she knows. So then there's an interesting tension that leads up to the tea yeah. set where Truffaut said, I wanted to set it up where the audience watching them in that tense situation is like a third character yeah. because it's more interesting <laughs> if you know that they both know, but that he doesn't know that she knows and all that. And yeah. then you're there kind of on the edge of your seat wondering what is going to happen? Is he going to lunge across the table and kiss her? Yeah. Is, you know, no, he's going to call her monsieur and then freak out and, and leave. Because <laughs> he's, he's awkward as F. Yeah. Awkward AF. So just, well, I think she overhears one of the shop girls mention it. That's how she finds out that one of the shop girls is like, yeah, she's in, he's in love with her. You know, he, I can't remember. I can remember this. Yeah. I seeing her around the corner yeah. and down the aisles listening. So I think, yeah, the Antoine doesn't find out as much from the shop girls as he's supposed to, you know, also he's, he's not a good shop boy. <laughs> yes. The shop boy is like a decoy job that he actually has to hold while he's doing the detective work, but he's not good at that. Yeah. He's not good at anything. He loses shoes on his first day, I think. He loses I don't think a he's pair a very good TV repair yeah. man either. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, the, is that the last job he, that's that we the last see? job. That's the last job he has. Um, I he, think some time passes though. I, I feel like, cause he runs into Christine's dad or Christine's dad runs into him essentially yeah. on yeah, in the street. I think he's like, been working at the TV like repair shop. He's driving while. the TV repair car. Christine's dad is driving. Well, now they mention it. We don't know how many jobs he had in between. That's true. <laughs> but it seems like some, some amount of time cause the Christine's father says something about, you know, we haven't seen you in a while. What are you up to? That sort of thing. Um, so they actually had like a car accident and like it took me a minute to figure out if it was Christine's dad that, yeah, that he was. ran into yeah, it was Christine's, it was dad. Christine's dad. As That's opposed to the guy who's been following Christine throughout the whole film. Yes, because they're both tall, uh, dark, handsome men in like trench coats or whatever. Yeah, it was. <laughs> or overcoats or whatever it is. Well, I, mean, I don't recognize either of the actors, but yeah, I, I guess we see Christine's dad a little bit more than um, than. Um, so I guess that's how Christine finds out that he's a TV repairman is her dad. Yeah, but when she's it. ready to reconnect with him, she breaks her TV on purpose yeah. and calls the TV repair shop, which is super cute. Yeah. And I really, <laughs> I really like that whole setup, that last scene with them. Where they have cute. the parts of the TV like across the yeah. floor as if it was clothing strewn or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so one of the things I like about I haven't seen very many... I haven't seen very many Truffaut films, period, I don't think. But Mm. one of the things I really admired about seeing this one is... It's something about the detail of all the side characters that are in the movie. There's so many distinct, offbeat characters. And it's, it's it's there in the writing because they have weird quirks and dialogue and and situations. But then the casting is so good, too. So if you think about like all of the different 
worlds that Antoine is in. You've got the, the that little family of people at the detective agency, the older one yeah. who's kind of world weary <laughs> and has and you know knows how it all works and but also doesn't really take it that seriously and uh um his boss. Yeah. Uh you have um, Aren't, isn't the boss having an affair with one of the female You know, I might have missed that detail. Every They, they were making out in several scenes. Okay. So yeah. Well, there's like care given to all of yeah. these little characters like that down to the the weird cases they get now mm. the shoe store guy tabar actually ends up moving into like the central part of the plot but you have the weird like i guess the the man who's in love with the magician or whatever who's trying to oh yeah so you have that strange <laughs> character and then the they, they have to track down uh, the magician so you yeah. spend time with the magician's little cabaret act with the handkerchiefs um, you have all the odd people that, uh, like, often acquaintances and stuff that Antoine runs into in the street from yeah. pre-going off to the military. Like, there's... <laughs> one of my favorite characters, <laughs> moments like that, is the weird guy who's the kind of disheveled guy who's, like, burrowing through the trash. And then yeah. he runs in into Antoine, like, two seconds later, and he, like, makes... Like, brags about his TV scripts or selling yeah. or something like that. And you're like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> And I was just remembering that I think that the other movies keep having that character yeah. like pop up and they run into each other like every. <laughs> well, there was the also the like scene where he's like supposed to be tra- tailing that guy who who escapes yeah, him, yeah, yeah. and he runs into first he runs into like a friend from school, I guess, and her husband. So that's Colette, the yeah. girlfriend from the last movie, oh, okay. which is a short film. It's a 30 minute film called Antoine and Colette. And I didn't know that until I read about it today. Yeah. I didn't recognize her, but that was his love interest in the yeah. last movie. She's now married and they have a kid. That's who he runs into. Yeah. It's Colette. Well, yeah, that's, I forgot that scene is interesting because he's, tra- he's tailing a guy. And so he like, comes across the street so it's not obvious that he's waiting outside the post office for the guy to come out. And in the meantime, he runs into this old girlfriend and her husband, and then a a garbage truck drives in front of the post office, and then while he's waiting, he decides to call Christine. Um. (laughs) And then he totally messes up that job because he loses the the person he's following. Yeah, his report is that um, the man... The man went into the post post office office and and the post office closed and he never came (laughs) out. He never came out. (laughs) So according to your your report, he's still still in the post post office office. overnight. (laughs) I forgot what... Oh, it was the magician that he was trailing. That was... That was yeah, he he's was... supposed to find the the magician that the that used to live with that yeah, that man. That's right. Yeah, he said he was a friend. He that's was a just friend. an interesting coded language there. He was a friend, and he, he was left a friend, all his but he stuff. totally freaks out when he finds yeah. out the guy has is married. They and had has to a child. have somebody come and take him. The dentist. They had to call oh, the they dentist. Had to call the dentist. <laughs> I, still I don't, don't know. <laughs> and the dentist just slapped him. He didn't do anything other yeah, than Yeah, I slap thought somebody him. was injured and they needed someone with the vague medical training you know, that even though it's not related to anything, I just wonder he wasn't like, injured. you know, before we had um, pain medications if like dentists were just really good at slapping people really hard to like numb your face or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about dentistry before uh, painkillers. So <laughs> I can't tell you. No. So so we end up 
with, I guess, Christine and Antoine are together at the end of the film. And I guess they stay together because they've got two more movies, you know. Yeah, I've seen the other movies, but so long ago, I don't yeah. really remember them. I don't know that it turns out happily for them. I think that um, the marriage doesn't work out in the second film. I can't. Yeah. I don't. I, I know he has an affair in the second film after they're married, and I don't remember what comes of it. But yeah. the next movie's bed and board. There's five altogether. 400 Blows, Antoine and Colette, Stolen Kisses, Bed and Board, and Love on the Run. The only one that's really not very good, from what I recall, is Love on the Run. Is that the last It's film the last he's... one. Is that so... his last film that he made? No, I don't think so. Okay. No. Um, it's just really not a great Truffaut. I mean, well, it's, it's not like a great Well, it's like the last Marx Brothers, you know, kind so, of like by that point, or the no, last... I mean, he made other films that are <laughs> like The Last Metro, as, you know, mm. well-regarded, and, and other movies of quality it's just i don't know it's kind of it's just not the same quality yeah. <laughs> so but it's that's 1979 yeah. so it's there's an i don't know there's kind of an awkwardness to that period too i don't know and that it just doesn't feel yeah. like a it's a light comedy done in 1979 with kind of vague paris i don't want to say disco vibe but i just it, i don't know it's not great yeah, sort of, yeah, a lot of the But so you follow this character. I love these things. It's, it reminds me of the Linklater movies a little bit, like Boyhood or the Before Sunrise, the Sunrise trilogy. You know what it reminds me of? Which yeah. It's probably the same time. I don't The Graduate. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's sort of that same sort of bumbling kind of... That's true. Yeah. It is around the same time. I think that's 67-ish. Yeah. So maybe, yeah could even be riffing on that a little bit yeah i mean because it seems like it's a similar sort of you know relationship between the although christine seems to have it together a little bit more than yeah than whatever the girl's name is the graduate that i can't remember i can't remember the actress's name or the character's name sorry maybe her last name is robinson though i probably i want to say Catherine, but i don't know if that's right that could be true, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I like Christine. Yeah. I think she's a better, like, he's getting a better deal than she is. Oh, I, undoubtedly, <laughs> undoubtedly. But so, I don't think he's, I mean, he's not great, but he's not a bad person. Yeah. He's just, he, he, we really catch him at an awkward, he hasn't figured his shit out at all kind yeah. of age. Well, so I guess by comparison, we have this guy who's been following Christine. And you think because of the frame story of the detective agency that maybe that's, you know, that Christine's involved in something or or her dad is involved in something or something. Yeah, I was like trying that. to make some kind of detective thing out of it. But it at the very end of the movie, um, Antoine and Christine are sitting on a bench in a park and he just walks over to her and he says... The first time I saw you, I loved you. I know we will be happy together. You know, my love is serious and everlasting, yeah. and not like temporary and insubstantial, like yeah. others. And he like, kind of eyeballs <laughs> Antoine, and then he just like walks away. And he's kind of like, "I'll let you think about that." I'll let you think about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean. Compared to that guy. And then she says, well, he's crazy. <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> but then that reminds me of Antoine following the woman in the beginning. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, he's kind of like that a little yeah. bit, too. Well, but he, I think he has a, I mean, like, 
I don't think Antoine like expected anyone like they owed him a relationship because he was in Put love in with the work them and had. Such but the, what is what work did he do other than follow he her around her. the city? Yeah, he I mean her it's so hard to just follow people around, you know. The thing that, that does, you know, Christine excuses is it's crazy. He's not crazy. He just is an entitled. Like, no, he, I think she's like, well, yeah. that was a weird thing to do. Yeah. I mean, like this assumption that because you like someone that they, one, know you, two, want to spend time with you. I mean, like, I think the, the Are, there's a lot of men who have that expectation well, based on just because mo- they like you. you based know? on movies of this sort yeah. of period and, yeah. you know, movies like a, other movies probably with Jean-Pierre Léaud. Yeah. Um, like, there's this French kind of thing about, like, declaring your love. Yeah. That, 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 like, I'm going to declare... Like, he, I'm sure he does this in other movies, mm. like Masculine Feminine or something like yeah. that. But it's that, <laughs> like, that rom- the grand romantic gesture. Yeah. That, like, you have this love and you're going to declare it. And that's kind of yeah where that fits into. It's not something you see as much in American movies, no. I don't think. Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, like, it's, it's a... I mean, like, maybe a... I mean, it's definitely a symptom of of patriarchal societies. It may be a symptom of, of, of you know... But just that because you arouse feelings of any nature in a man that, that you owe yourself to them because of these feelings that you've aroused in them, you yeah. know, like they... I don't know. So, I mean, like, that was kind of sinister for yes, me. It's, so like, kind of this, creepy. At and least <laughs> this is not seen to be something that works <laughs> yeah, or yeah. that she feels indebted to. No. It, but it's, yeah, the, it comes across as creeper and not as romantic, yeah. for sure. <laughs> it's intimidating. Yeah. The guy's really big, too. I mean, he's Yeah, like he is a, a tall guy. He's a tall, big yeah. guy. And probably a good five years or ten years older than her, maybe, too. Yeah. A little bit older than her. Yeah. So, not, I not mean, good. like, I don't I don't know, really. I'm curious as to what, what, like, themes that he was trying to get at there, you know. I mean, because... Well, he seems to be looking at different kinds of love and attraction and different kinds yeah. of connections between men and women yeah. in this. But, I mean, like, the thing is, is we don't really get to see Christine's perspective. The only time that we're seeing Christine without Antoine is in relationship to this guy who's spying on her, really, you know. Yeah. I think she's allowed, I think she's given some space, though, to voice how she feels in a way. So that sometimes we come away with a worse perspective or attitude of Antoine's behavior in a situation yeah. based on what their conversation yeah. and when what she's saying he did. Yeah. Like, and they have that little argument yeah. at one point when they're walking where, where he's like, I remember you distinctly writing to me in a letter that we could only ever be friends from now on. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I don't even admire you. I can yeah. only be with the woman I admire. And she's like, fine. And she like walks well, she away. She walks away. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't come out looking very good in no. that. And she comes out as seeming, Stronger and just more mm-hmm. in control of the situation, I think. And you know what? Yeah. When it happens with them, it's because she calls the television repair shop and she's ready yeah. for him. 
Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason. I don't yeah. know. We don't know who else she's been with in this mm. movie or what leads her to think maybe he's the guy. Yeah. And... You know, he proposes to her with the with the ring is uh, the bottle opener, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> he puts the bottle opener <laughs> on her over. finger. That's a it's cute very scene. cute. Yeah. And at this point, we don't know if they're actually. We don't know unless yeah. you've seen the rest of the movie series if they're going to end up together. Yeah. So it could just be a cute, you know, like we're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie kind of leaves us around that point where you don't know, and you it's kind of just feels more like. A summer in the life of, or whatever, an autumn in the life of Antoine Duanel and his first love, or his first few relationships or, you know, entanglements. I don't know. I kind of wonder, like, I mean, like, I know that there was a major shift in mindset starting probably in in the 60s about, like, how relationships play out and, and, um... You know, like, I don't get the feeling that they were in a rush to settle down or anything like that. Whereas I think probably 10 years before, like, Christine would have been more in a in a rush to, like, you know, nail someone down and, and you know, start the, the whole, like, family, children no, I, parade, yeah, you I, know. I think she has a path of her own and yeah. she's a musician, I think. Mm. And uh, she has career ideas of her own. Yeah. And she doesn't seem in a rush to settle down with anybody. She seems like she's making her path yeah. <laughs> her own way through life. Yeah, and, and her parents It's more fun are, with somebody else, yeah, so it would be nice true. to find an, uh, a nice boy. I don't know if he counts, but they, <laughs> they, I think they have chemistry and there's something sweet about them, even though he's, he's pretty immature and kind of jerky. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say because he's likable. Yeah, yeah. He's he's bumbling and he doesn't always treat her well. I don't know. I feel like I give him credit just because like he's not really a jerk. He just is hasn't really gotten his shit together yet. Yeah. I I kind of I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the the main issue is you know a concern for Christine is that you know. He still doesn't have it together at the end of the movie. No. And she decided she wants to take that on. But, like, what... I mean, like, I don't know what happens in the next movie, but what happens in 10 years when he's still not, you know... Well, I think that's the yeah. next movie we got. Well, I mean, I just... I, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Like, I feel like a lot of... You know, nowadays, that a lot of women end up with, you know, men that haven't matured to a level. And, and like... I joke that we She's have, like, like you, for instance, No, no. <laughs> we have starter marriages for where you, you know. <laughs> Are they each other's starter marriages? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, just that... Um, I don't know. I, th- I think that... It's it's nice that we're a lot of people are waiting longer to get together so everybody has the ability to sort of, you know... Yeah. Grow up a little bit and and take charge of your own life and, you know, come into a relationship on an even footing instead of, like, having a woman take care of of this sort of lost guy, you know, um, which happens sometimes, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't wish that for Christine. No. <laughs> so are you, uh, how, are you intrigued or interested at all to see... The next movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the next one is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Bed and Board. I can't, it must be early 70s. I don't yeah. remember when exactly. 
Well, I'm always uh, interested in, in, well, I mean, like, obviously, I enjoy movies about people's relationships, and I enjoy movies about people's relationships at any stage in that relationship. Because, like, I do, I mean, I, I do enjoy, relation, you know, movies that are about the beginning of a relationship, because that's fun. Yeah. But I'm also intrigued by the more complex relationships that, you know, evolve over time once you know someone better and, and you've lived together well, for, you know, 10 years. Or, if I recall, what I think we're going to get is, like, whereas this one is kind of the light romantic comedy, yeah. like, love is love is difficult and yeah. and, you know, funny and heartbreaking and but it's a comedy right yeah but the next one's gonna be more like marriages work yeah <laughs> it's not easy uh this is real life now yeah. i think the next film what i remember is it's more of that kind of stuff yeah well i just and I, how it's he doesn't do a great job of settling down i like i like to see how people's relationships change over time do you remember that um British film that we watched with um, Charlotte Rampling and yeah, um, I forget what it's called. Forty five years. Forty five years, um, which we watched because we really enjoyed Weekends. his film. Yeah, weekend Not about the, weekend. about at the beginning of yeah. beginning of a relationship between two yeah. guys. Um, but this is forty five years, which is a, a couple that have been together for forty five years. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, just interesting look at the dynamics and how they change over. Anyway, so I, I enjoy that kind those of thing. Those are probably two of the best. Like, we caught up with them years after they came out, but those yeah. are two of the best films we saw last year, yeah, I yeah. think. I really enjoyed it. I think we saw them That both. one had a really interesting detail where his first wife, or it's not clear that it's she was ever his wife or not, but, like, a girlfriend that he had before he met his wife that he's been married to 45 years. It's been a tragic accident. Yeah, she fell off a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and they found and her body. But she... <laughs> 45 years later. Yes, right. So yeah. this is 45 years later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so, so good. Yeah, it was it was interesting, and, like, just to see... And, like, they're getting ready for their anniversary party, and, yeah. like, um, yeah... But what film. I was going to say earlier about the Linklater effect is I, I love this thing where you see somebody like grow up on camera or yep. you're with them for that long, you know? Well, like he was, he did it he was, before Boyhood. There was the before series before Boyhood. There yeah, was so the that's before a, series. The documentary yeah. version, right? Is yeah. The, is the seven up, whatever series. What is it called? Yeah. The up series. No, but I'm talking about Linklater before oh. sunrise, before oh, sunset. Okay. Before whatever it's the... It's funny because it also made before, me think of watching the up kids grow before, up into... Yeah. To be 56 or That's true. whatever, 63 now or whatever <laughs> they are. Um, but yeah, Jean-Pierre Leo was like 12, 13 when they did the first one. And Truffaut always says that... Um, well, he was always his kind of his alter ego. Or he would yeah. say like... He has... Like Antoine Doinel has me in him, but he's not me. Yeah. And he has Jean-Pierre Leo in him but he's yeah. not Jean-Pierre either and he's some something that lets them put who they are at that point in their life into mm-hmm. a character and it always take brings some of some of the both of them so it's yeah. like a true collaboration on this fictional character that's kind of an alter ego for the two of them so and I mean I, I we we mentioned the 400 blows but I love the 400 blows it's one of my favorite movies we have the giant poster down in the living room right yeah that's the first uh, Antoine Duanel movie, and I think it's probably the first French new wave film I saw when I was when I was about that age. 
That's probably why I connected with it. I was about Antoine's age the first when I saw that. So it's funny, the first one that I saw, which is behind you, is Breathless. Breathless. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I saw 400 Blows first, but I would have seen them like pretty much back to back. Yeah. I got in. I fell into it really hard and, and was like, I have to see all the, like, those are the first two. Those are the two. They came out the same year. Yeah. And they're two of my favorites and they're what got me interested in the whole thing. It's interesting. I came to New Wave via Italy because of, um, I guess... The neorealist yeah, movies? Yeah, those... Um, I guess, so that's not New Wave, but it's the same, similar sort of inspiration, I guess. But um, I, I used to watch PBS all the time, and Martin Scorsese's uh, My Voyage to Italy was on PBS oh, once, yeah. and I watched that, and then I, you know... I'm saw still trying to catch up and, with the movies that he covers yeah. in that. I've, I've yeah. been w- making my way through the War Trilogy. And then what the about Jessica. the dogs? The dog, that one. Yes, Umberto D. D. That's yeah. it's very depressing, although very no, good. No, I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> but the bicycle the thief is heartbreaking too, and I yeah. love that movie. It's so good. Yeah. I don't know why we're talking about Italian movies, but I like. Uh, sorry, it. I got distracted. Well, these are all, these I, are all some of my I really, favorites. I had not seen much French at all. I'd seen Breathless. But on your recommendation, I watched Jules at Gym, which I loved, you know, and then I started watching more. Um, so I saw the Shoot the Piano Player and um, uh, Cleo from 5 to 7. And um, now I'm like obsessive Agnes Varda fan yeah. and watch everything that like all the weird little documentaries and films she makes. And So I also have a thing where I like really like these Jean-Pierre Leo movies yeah. from this this period of this Stolen Kisses. So, because he goes, like, he does a number of movies with Godard around the same time. He ends up at, he ends up a few years later in Last Tango in Paris, mm. you know, in the <laughs> Bernardo Bertolucci's movie. Um, I think one of the, one of the ones you have to see that we haven't seen yet, maybe we'll cover on the show at some point, is Masculine Feminine, the Godard mm. movie, which is him right around the same time. And it's just an, it's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It, he's, He's, it, it's about, it's basically about teenagers or young people in Paris and it kind of feels a little bit like an essay, a little bit documentary. He's the main character going around interviewing people, but it also has his sort of love entanglements and stuff. And it's, it's great. I love it. It's right around this time. And he's so good. And I don't know, I really like his vibe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm yeah. for it. I, you know, it's funny. I feel like I... This is, like, one of the big regrets of my life. Although, like, luckily I have the opportunity to correct it, is that I avoided films with subtitles for a lot of my youth because, I mean, like, I don't what? see... In I don't, your youth? I don't, you didn't like subtitles? Yeah, I didn't in your see... Youth? Well, I don't see very well, you yeah. know. And we used to have tiny TV screens, yeah. so it was hard for me to watch films with subtitles. Um, but also I felt like it was hard for me to view the movie as a whole thing when I'm focused on. So, I mean, that's one of the benefits if, if you want to be able to enjoy film as, as visual art and as a story, sometimes it requires multiple viewings in order to really get all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love and appreciate (laughs) a movie more seeing it again and again. Me too. I think this is only the second time I've seen Stolen Well, we've Kisses. seen Parasite like four times and it only came out like two years I've ago. I've seen Parasite twice. I don't know how many times yeah. you've seen it. I've seen Columbus like six times since it's I've come out Columbus or something. Yeah. 
two and a half times. Although that that one's mostly in English, so that doesn't quite really count. That doesn't but... count. <laughs> Parasite, you do have to read. Yeah, but it's also such a vis- visually rich film that like it it really does serve you to go back and and to watch those once you great know the film story essays about and the gist it and of the dialogue, yeah. you can watch the movie more yeah. whether it's this or or Parasite yeah. or what have you. More Bong Joon-ho movies. Yes. We need to see more of those. Yeah. Yeah. The it, host. We could have done the host on yeah, the show, but we didn't true. do it. That well, could have been your pick. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Any final thoughts on everything? No, on everything. <laughs> on life. No. <laughs> well, I mean, because the last few minutes we're like, well, foreign films are great. And I love the French New Wave. Aren't the Italian movies good? Bong joon is awesome. So... <laughs> I mean, I like that that we're just at this point just loving cinema. Well, it's but just a you do you know, have any final thoughts on stolen kisses? Massive connection of of things. Um, I, the only thing that I mean, like this isn't. I mean, it's not related to the film other than the and although this issue came, came comes up during the film, but immediately when I hear the word stolen kisses, which used to have like when I was younger, like this like cute connotation of like. You know, but now when we're f- when we're more aware of issues involving consent, mm-hmm. um, like stolen kiss and kisses has more of a sort of um, a darker edge to it than mm-hmm. it did before. And then like to see that carried out in the film and whether that was intended by the director or not, I don't know. Um, I don't know in the 60s if they were worried too much about, you know, hopefully there were some enlightened people that were interested in, in the consent of women and, and that sort of thing. But I think that is sort of like an undertone in this film is this idea of like, you know, you know, what Christine consents to and, 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 you know, this, this Mm -hmm. sort of undesired following by this one guy, you know, which is sort of like this weird thread throughout the whole thing, you know? Um, and also that she chooses Antoine in the end, you know, it's about her decision, not mm-hmm. so much about his, you know, Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's just interesting that like, you know, as a society, like this concept of, of, you know, love is something that's stolen from someone or, or I don't know. It's, it's, what it's can a, you get away with? It's an evolution now, yeah. I think to, I hope will continue to be an evolution towards, um, you know, not stolen kisses, but asked well, for also the kisses. Whole, there's kind of yeah. the <laughs> idea of if you can just wear them down enough, they'll yeah. give in and you'll get what you want, which yeah. is sort of the Antoine yeah. and that creeper sort yeah. of methodology. <laughs> <sighs> Sigh. Anyway. But the movie was good. Yeah, it's a good movie. So uh, that means it's uh, balls in your court again, and it's your turn next That's time. That's right. I think... I've been waffling on this, but I would like Waffles. to do a film that came out in the mid '90s. Um, Is it called Mid '90s that it came out in no, the 2010s? that came in 2010s. No, I'm not doing the Jonah Hill movie. Um, I think it was Jonah Hill that did that. Yeah, yeah. it was right. So this is a weird little movie based on an underground comic strip called Tank Girl, um, which is sort of set in sort of a Mad Max esque post apocalyptic world. Um, and I barely remember it, uh, so we'll see if it's any good. It has an interesting cast. I and it's directed by one of my favorite Doctor Who directors, Rachel Talalay. Yeah, Rachel Talalay. <laughs> so, um, so, 
That's what we'll do next week. Now I have to do it because I said it out loud. Or we just splice this out? No, we can't. Yeah. It'll be too late by then. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, come back to us. Subscribe to us. Find us on your favorite pod, 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 podcast Pop-cat. app. Tell your friends. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram. And drop us an email if you want. Shut up. Watch this at gmail.com if you'd like to chime in and say anything about stolen kisses or other... Or pogs. If you remember pogs. Sure. Yeah. We're just happy to correspond with you. (laughs) So, uh, all right, we'll see you next time and uh, have a good week and happy viewing and catch up with this movie. You haven't seen it yet. Bye-bye. Bye.